and now. Capital 263. Welcome to Politics and Beyond on Capital 263. My name is Christopher Farai Charamba. And I'm Tawanda Henry Beatty. And yeah, um, welcome to the best political podcast in the country. Uh, Chris and I are making podcasts great again. <laughs> <laughs> Make podcasts great again. <laughs> wow, 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 wow. Yes, that's what we're doing. Make Zanu Primary is great again. Bring back Kasukweri. <laughs> Get out of here. This toda hotek toda matema danda matema danda pa 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 komiza matema danda. Mutara zunjo kupa kwenye kana zunjo kupa tiga. Zunjo kupa tiga. No zunjo kupa tina tina rugeje and uh, we stand by our men. We stand by what the party has has led us to do. Um, yeah, obviously today, what's the date today? Today is the 4th of May. Uh, may yeah. both be with you. Uh, we shall be speaking about uh, my, my primary elections, primary elections that just finished, um, continuation of last week's conversation pretty much. Um, yeah, with results now. Yeah, with results. Also going to talk about... Um, a bit um, you there? Yeah, we just went. Oh yes, we're going to talk about Temba Mliswa. Uh, Temba Mliswa and Rueneko, um the interview, or just Temba Mliswa in general and his crusade against corruption. Um, yep. And then, then uh, Comrade Nelson Wamba Diawamba uh, Chamisa and his xenophobic comments. Yes. Um, and uh, maybe a little bit of uh, some philosophical. Uh, yeah, but uh, Alton. I mean, some some pedestrian opinions on 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 alternative government formations is maybe what we can say. I don't think it was pedestrian. I thought it was you know. I mean, our takes are going to. Oh, be our takes. Ah, uh, yes, yes, yes. As as <laughs> our takes, our takes is is Jonathan <laughs> Moore said good, we are pedestrian. As as good professor said. Oh. Yes. So. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. So so let's get into it. Uh, primary elections. Um, Sun PF did the thing it did the thing in a very messy way um on sat elections were supposed to be on sunday they ended up being on monday in some places i think even running into tuesday in others and that was because really it was you know they, they the ballot papers went there on time some people's names were missing from ballot papers it was very disorganized and i think one of the um one of the excuses that was given or the reasons that was given for that by Rugeje was that uh, they had a problem with the printers. But the, the thing is, Fidelity Printers Friday is owned before. by Zanu PF, isn't it? I didn't even know if they were printing at Fidelity, but would it, no, Fidelity Printers, isn't that the one? Fidelity is owned, isn't Fidelity owned by Zanu PF? I'm not sure. Isn't Fidelity the one that does, that deals with gold? Yeah, but they've also got um, printers, don't they? Ameno. Yeah, well, it's a printing and gold refinery company owned by the Reserve <laughs> Bank. No, it's owned by the Reserve Bank. Oh, okay. So, by, okay. Yeah. So, which is the Zanu one? Jongwe Printers. Jongwe Printers. Jongwe Printers, yes. Um, yeah, sorry. Thanks for, for pulling me out there. Yeah. So... <laughs> Uh, Jongwe printers, they had a problem with their printers and they couldn't print all the information on time. Uh, and one thing that, you know, I then thought is, well, 
for the primaries, they could have spread it out over the week anyway. And then just like had, what the MDC is doing, and then just had you know different provinces in different days because three thousand candidates for two hundred and ten seats—that's a lot of people to to manage, and the process was going to be very difficult. And uh, evidently, that's what happened. Um, and so there were issues on the day and post election. Some people are not happy. Some people say that um, the process was not free and fair. The use of police has been brought into has come, has come up yeah. and, and and been brought Let, into question. Let's um try and link it from from sort of last week. Um, I think we spent a lot of time focusing on Goromonzi South. So just to give you some of the results, um, quickly that people South would be interested in. South. Um, Goromonzi South, yeah, uh, that's South. the one that we had pitted um, James Makamba versus Godfrey Ningamu. Mount Darwin. Mount Darwin. Is it Mount Darwin South? Sorry. Yeah, Mount Darwin South. And that was won by a Mr. Kabonzo. <laughs> so one of the 20 contestants, one person we didn't even mention, uh, beats out both uh, James Makamba and, and Godfrey Teningam on the ground. Um, yes, yeah, Kabozo. Kabozo. Yeah, I don't know. I've been calling him Kabonzo this whole time. It, I think know, I'm racist. Be bec- no, to be fair, it could be because this list has mis misspelt names. So Ozias, yeah. Ozias Budeo for one is uh, spelled obvious, which is because so. <laughs> he's obviously a criminal. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that's. Uh, those, uh, I suppose, obviously, has voted one in his constituency. Yeah, um, and then just going through the list, I'm just trying to pick out the full list is available online um, for anyone that's really interested to see, you know, where particular. I'm just trying to find the the big ones. Um, obviously, Cormac Christmas Swanga lost in Norton. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Christmas Show as well lost, I think. Yes, I'm sure we lost. Uh, um, uh, lost as well. Mm-hmm. Um, some Paul, of the fake news Paul people lost. thought. Paul Mangwana lost, of course. Um, and so of course. <laughs> um, and then some of the fake news, so not fake news, but some of the confusion that happened. Um, uh, the Chinamasa that lost uh, was actually Anthony Tindai Chinamasa. Um, who the Herald claim is his son, but who I've actually heard is his nephew, uh, Patrick's nephew. I'm not too sure. Uh, and then Comrade Obam Shinguri also won um, the women's proportional seat. They had only released one um, set of, I suppose, one one ward's results as opposed to all three. Um, so she made it through. Um, Harare South... Uh, where Tong, did Tong, I'm confused with Harare South. Did Tonga and Manalanga go so, win? Yeah, so this is <laughs> this is another one of those um, contentious ones where Harare South. So yesterday, yesterday was Thursday. There were demonstrations at uh, ZANU-PF headquarters over Tonga and winning Harare South because the people felt that Douglas Mahia should have won um, that seat. Uh, he was announced as the winner. And it's it's one of these controversial ones where 
you know the people in the video were saying ah tonga ya timzi and um kana zviri so takupora msango takuita bora msango otovhotera chamisa um so it it uh, I, I said long ago that they shouldn't, uh, the Mnanga gods shouldn't have run outside of uh, Emerson himself. There was no need for, for any of that because we've come from this situation of um, dynastial politics, an, I- an issue where within ZANU-PF of creating a dynasty and we and now it's just going to come up once again. Um, so Tunga is definitely one of the sons. I, I have no idea. Uh, it's 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 easy to 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 draw them together even if he's a nephew or a cousin or whatever it is just by the fact that they have the same last name it's going to be an issue and there was no need for zanu pf to do it now 2023 you can bring in as many of the family members as you want but at this stage because of how controversial the mugabe's were it wasn't necessary, I don't think. And I don't know how this Mahia situation will play out, especially in Harare South. I, I, well, I think Harare is one of those areas where Southern PF has always struggled um, and it's likely to happen again, especially now, with, especially in, these, with, in those areas and with these things going on. But um, yeah, the... the there's been a lot of controversy over these primary elections. And it seems right now that there's about to be a standoff between the, open quotes, junta and the war veterans. And when I say the war veterans, I mean those led by um, Chris Mchangwa, because he does have pull there, and he lost, and he says that there was the use of police and... um, so before we get into that, I just yep. as an overall thing, yep. you know, last week we had sort of said it was an opportunity. We had sort of said it was an opportunity for the party to reform itself. Yes. And also we had sort of said it was really a combination of whether the elites versus the regular party. You know, because what do you think actually happened there? Because like someone like Chris Mtswango winning shows that the losing, sorry, shows that the party is actually re- renewing itself. Because the, the 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 guy that that beat him out, I, I you know, I, he's he's a he's a newcomer. I've never heard of him before. Yeah, I think in I think in some places, you know, they they I think it's mixed. I think in some places, it's the people who just decided that these are the this is who we want. We're tired of you know some of these old people who've done nothing for us, and you know, it's it's. <laughs> I can understand people being tired of certain names, of seeing certain names on on the ballot, and just saying, you know what, let's try new people as well. Um, in terms of which way, I, I don't have, I don't, I'm not sure who all of the people on the list are, um, so I can't pinpoint and say, oh well, this person is, you know, uh, of the elites, or this person is of the old school. But I think that it's the start of of some sort of renewal. You do have new candidates on the list. I mean, you have the likes of um, Sekai Nzenza. She's one. Dr. Sekai Nzenza. Um, she writes for the Herald. There's some other names that I want to to pull up. Just give me a second. Manikeland Province. Um, yeah, you have... Jeff so Tasa, Jeff, you have Jeff Tasakupanya in 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 Mutasa Central. 
Um, he's worked in the um, water and sanitation field for... Yeah, I heard he's quite well regarded, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, I, I, Dr. Sabkwanya, I heard he's really yeah. well regarded. So he's worked in water and sanitation for, for you know, different um, NGOs. I think he's on the board of Zinwa as well. Um, you have um, Mishek Mataranika, who I believe is a lawyer, and he's also related to um, the... Philip Mataranika. Philip Mataranika, yes, of um, uh, Nyaradzo. Nyaradzo. Um, so you have new people coming, <laughs> professionals. Big, <laughs> so you have these new professionals. <laughs> big, <laughs> big rapinda. <laughs> you have people. <laughs> I don't know. Look, if Mataranika are getting into politics, people must actually be scared. <laughs> Because if they wanted to, they could actually make people see fire. Of course, they have to win. But I think, you see, I think it's moving away from making people see fire to, to saying, well, you know what, let's actually get involved. Let's actually work to make this better for us, also for our businesses. So you do have that elites, elites aspect to it, but you also have professionals and, and a bit of change in certain places. And I'm not saying it's the entire list. I haven't gone through it Um and talking like, about what, what about uh, does. but I think isn't I think the one I was, yeah, going, I was just going to say that I think it's it is the start of a change, especially where you see. And I honestly believe that you know Mutangwa just wasn't for the people, and the people just didn't want him. Um, this whole yes, yes, the police. Uh, aspect, you know, comes into it. And yes, there was the use of state resources and Zanupiev must own up to it. I mean, um, Emerson likes to say, ah, that's his, that's his go-to. Even during the factionalism days, whenever he was called out, he would always, you know, say, come out and say, well, this is wrong. I have nothing to do with it. Um, but somebody had something to do with it. And whoever those people are, they must be brought forward and said, you know what, you you did this and this is wrong. And it was ironic, actually, that Mtsangwa came out with a government-issued letterhead and, you know, assistant to the president, but he's calling out practices in ZANU-PF where he's writing to the ZANU-PF um, commissar. You are, you're bringing your official office into party um, issues. If he doesn't spot the irony on that then what he's doing is, you know, it's, um, he, yeah. it's hypocritical. It's doubly, it's doubly ironic because he's complaining about the use of the ZRP yes. as state resources being abused for party issues while he's doing the same the thing. Exact same thing. So, and I honestly believe that he was beaten fair and square. I mean, you know, obviously there are discrepancies, but I just think that in certain places, people just are tired of these old faces and they really want you know, some sort of renewal. Also considering the fact that, you know, people in Norton have been dealing with Temba um, as their candidate for, for a while. Oh, shout out to um, Temba's, Temba's sister. Oh, yes, um, uh, Temba's uh, sister, yes. Um, she also won. Uh, Auntie, Auntie Mary, she, um, she, oh, and she, she won in Urungwe. She won in Urungwe, in, in Urungwe yes. She Urungwe was, uh, West. Keith Guja. Yeah, but Keith Keith hasn't been in that constituency since he won the election in 2015. I'm not surprised, you see. Which is, you know, Mchangwa narrowly won. Was it narrow, the, the, the 2013 
victory. It was not, it was it was about he won by a thousand two hundred votes. Yeah, it was a narrow um, victory. And then he had previously lost in two thousand and eight. So it was a very narrow victory by that by any standards to be fair. And him being rejected by the people, I honest I honestly believe it was by the people. Maybe we'll find so, evidence so otherwise. This goes back into 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 the, the question that has been at play for a while. Um, even before um, the the primaries, the question of the war vets yeah. and the influence that they still hold. Um, the war vets were sidelined by G40, and some see that's what, what that was the problem. That's why G40 failed. And when uh, the coup, not a coup, happened, we saw you know Chris Musangwe at the forefront of 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 being uh, the media team, I suppose. Let me say that the media facing team, international media facing team, who controlled the the narrative in South Africa of what was happening. But it's sort of becoming evident, Kuti they weren't necessarily in control or even knew what was happening because now they're being sidelined by junta-facing or junta-esque candidates in terms of you haven't seen Rugeje protect them as much as you have expected. Yeah, I mean, it's it's which is why I said that, you know, it looks like there's about to be a standoff between the junta and, and, and the war vets. Um and I think it's it's unfortunate that it has come to this, but the war vets do have a high level of in, entitlement. And at some point, they need to just... Or at some point, certain people need to realize that they're just not as popular as they think they are. And it's articulating that there is still space for people outside... Or there's still space for them to have an impact outside of official office. Um, and I think this is where we, where, we, where we fall short, that there's still things for people to do in the country without actually holding um, one particular poti- political office. And but isn't isn't we said that this these primary elections were like Zhivuta? So the war vets, particularly the ones that, uh, you know, like who helped push the Lacoste agenda, we're looking to eat. And I think they can still eat. I think, you know, within within ZANU-PF itself, they, you know, if they reorganize, ZANU-PF can be, or they can find position and, and influence within the party itself or, you know, within other aspects of civil society that they can they can grow spaces within other aspects of civil society. But I don't see a need for a Mutrango or, you know, any of the other people that are complaining to actually hold certain seats. They just need to come to terms with the fact that, you know, they are from the old school first and foremost. Um, and I genuinely also believe that they're disconnected from understanding the needs of their constituents which is why their constituents just don't want them. And obviously, the the issue that is being faced here is an entitlement issue. And they feel entitled because they, you know, they, they supported the coup, not a coup. Um, but at the same time, if, you, if I look at the Junta side to it, aside from them also feeling entitled, I also think that they work with efficiency and they work with the best, uh, or they want to work with the best poss- for the best possible outcome for ZANU PF itself, as disorganized as the process was, 
it can i don't think they have an intention to further destabilize the party and i think it was a disorganization of the primary polls but not an imposition of candidates that took place i i don't see them you, you don't, don't you don't think that there was an imposition of candidates no, you think the opposite well, happened well to, my my thing is why why would they deliberately move against mtswangwa because, uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's a uh, that's an interesting one. Especially um, for an un- especially for a relatively unknown individual. Yeah, I, 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 that's a that's a good question. Um, and you know, this unknown individual who ran Ronnie, I'm forgetting his last name, is the same person who ran against in the by election against. Uh, I guess Temba Meliso and lost then as well. So it's not like he hasn't been on the ground, and it's not like there's not evidence of that happening. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, look, the process was messy and it was hilarious. Um, you know, there's to see from an opposition perspective in terms of there's lots of jokes that have come up, but at the end of the day, you know, running a mock election in every constituency and every ward in the country is a massive undertaking. Yeah. And while they've had 50 or 37 years or 40 or 38 years of experience to do it, um, and then they, we expect them to have run it better, we can't deny that just the fact that it happened in most instances is incredibly impressive. And, and so also, so the people who are, uh, you know, that's my only thing. The people who are saying, ah, look, Zanua Pedro, because of the way the elections were shambolic, uh, that's uh, premature and it's almost naive to the point. It's, it's Yeah, it's naive. And I think a lot of actual ZANU PF people, uh, you know, will even push that narrative that we're more disorganized than we really are to sort of lull um some pedestrian <laughs> some pedestrian an- analysis uh, into 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 some false sense of security good is PF is disorganized they have their problems yeah but i don't think that was a sign of them being in trouble but you you see and and another thing is that as much as you know there was disorganization it is a few contentious seats that suffered it's not the entire process so you had 210 seats, and out of them, uh, some of them still had issues. But it's, you know, we can say that maybe 20 out of those 210 um, where, there problems. Was, where there were serious problems, you know. The rest, people are going to take. Um, there are no issues. The rest, people are going to say, oh, well, these are the candidates that have been elected, and this is how we are going with it. Um, I think it, you can even narrow it down to maybe 10 real serious issues if you think of the harare south if you think of um mount darwin south was one of them if you think of uh, norton as another one you know but the rest everyone is going to say this process was was free and fair as far as we're concerned so yeah but we'll, obvi- we'll obviously focus on these few um, but also, also a process being noise. declared free and fair is generally to do with uh, the the candidates. For example, Paul Mangwana said that he will accept his loss even though he doesn't think the process was run free and fair. If he kicks up a stink, then it becomes a more of an issue, yeah. I think. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, that is uh, primary elections in Zanopi. If I'm just trying to see if we've really missed out anything particularly particularly bad. Um, uh, actually, Zanu PF launch, launches its manifesto today. 
Um, so I, I think this is all going to blow over in terms of the the the, the primary election issue. I don't know what Mutwango is going to do. I think he's the major headache that is possible. Um, but outside of that, I think you know it's going to be business as usual. We already see that um, they've started their campaign. The billboards are up and they are massive and they are going all sorts of places um, with ED's face on them. Um, and it's it's now them you know, kicking into gear. And I think as now that they've made the decision to start, they're going to close ranks and say, listen, we will deal with all the internal issues, but now our primary focus is winning this election. So let's, you know, solidify. There's still, you know, ED still has those five, or whoever wins has the option to elect five people to government um, outside of, who are not parliamentarians, and some of those people very well could be Anamantwangwa to appease them at the end of the day. So there's still room for, for negotiation and for them to sort out their mess in some in some way. Some way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see how that uh, manifesto launch goes to see whether there's anything particularly uh, new. <laughs> and if there is, maybe we'll bring you a supplementary episode. Um, moving on to, we said we'd speak about... Um, Timber. Timber, Honorable Meliswa, and the headaches he's causing for the corrupt people in Zimbabwe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Timber's Timber's been on a rampage. Um, he 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 had an interview on 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 Capitalk this week on Capitalk on Wednesday night yeah. with Ruweneko Parenyatwa, um, and he was discussing corruption with Ozias Vute. Yeah, because um, previously, for those that don't know, I think obviously Ozias Buti had been on Capitalk um, with Ruweneko, and Ruweneko had posed questions uh, to him about the allegations that he's corrupt and his links. Not uh, not allegations. He did. He had, she had simply posted the facts of, of how he's constantly being rewarded by Super, um, of, of how his time at some cricket was, you know, led to the downturn and probably the worst period of Zimbabwe cricket, how him being on the board of Medbank as well as being on the, I think, chair of being involved in Potras and then Potras de- depositing money in Medbank, all these things that he's actually involved in that uh, at the very least are, you know, you know, abrogation of his fiduciary duties and at the very most uh, outright corrupt. Um, so she posted these questions, a lot of these questions coming from, 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 from Timba Mliswa. And then he then decided to respond to that by saying that Timba Mliswa actually borrowed money from me. Um, and oh, he said he extorted money from me, and uh, I thought he was a friend. But obviously, when someone owes you money, they start going after your person. Um, and I suppose this interview with Ruenico was then um, Honorable Melissa's chance to respond. And respond, uh, yeah. he did. Did. <laughs> 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 he responded. First of all, I want to say that I think Timber is a master of, of viral and strategic marketing. Maybe I think that's what he's good at. <laughs> yeah, no, he yeah he kicked up a storm in the studio. Um, 
So he came out and he, you know, repeated all these allegations against uh, Putin and against Super in terms of corruption, in terms of, you know, them buying shares in, um, in terms, in in, in Telesel, um, and his complaints that their corporate governance issues in Potras being shareholders in some of these institutions when they are also the regulator. Um, and, you know, it was, he cited Super and Ozias as being uh, leaders of this mafia, if if we can call it that. And then Ruveniko posed questions to him um, and some of the allegations against him. One of them was that, what's the guy's name? Westwood? Yeah, Paul, I think. Paul, yeah, Paul Westwood. Um, DJ claims, Westwood! <laughs> Claims that um, Timber pushed him out of his company. Noshio Motors. Um, some ten to fifteen, ten to twelve years ago mm-hmm. um, is when this is meant to have happened. Illegally, so um, and the and that he apparently threatened to kill him and threatened to rape his wife, and so Ruveneko tries to get uh, Paul Westwood on the phone and Timber says, you're setting me up. Where is the other shareholder? Because he claims that he bought the shares from the other shareholder who had 50, um, 50% of the shares. And so he kicks up a storm and says, I refuse to be set up. Um, you know, Capitalk is a captured institution. Um Captured by Super. Captured by Super and captured by 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 Ozias Pute. And he refused to 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 answer the questions. He refused to speak to Paul Westwood. And there was a you know back and forth, back and forth. And then they went to a break. And then I sort of I I stopped watching after that because I I saw that it had deteriorated to the point where it was. I should it was, lost control of the interview. Yeah, it 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 really it really wasn't. We weren't going to get um, anything serious out of it. Um, first, I'll say that I don't believe um, that Capitalk is a captured institution. Um, I. Think that, Do you believe that Ruenek was a captured individual? I don't think she's a captured individual. I think she, 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 she thrives on certain level of controversy. I mean, those those sort of things are, you know, they go viral, and they can be very. They make for good TV. Let me say this. They make for good so. TV. Let me. I don't let me actually that, ask I don't, from a from, I don't think that from was, a that was yeah? her intention. You know, to to for it to deteriorate to that level but i do think you know for it to be um quote-unquote hard-hitting was something that was intended um from a journalistic ethics point of view from an ethical point of view as a journalist yourself um is it ethical to ambush someone in that way it's not so if you're going to have someone on usually you, you there's prep before and either you or the producer says, well, we're going to discuss these talking points, A, B, and C. Uh, you don't have to you know, give them questions in advance, but you at least inform them of what it is that you expect out of them. And then if you're going to have any other guests on the show, it is also um, courtesy and proper to inform them that we will also be joined by X, Y, and Z, so that they are prepared for it. 
You don't have to say how's but how's how's that any different from when a member of the public calls in? So let's say I am the I am Paul Westwood in this scenario, and I call into the radio station. Yes, like he did. Yes, but but Paul Westwood and was, she picks up on the she picks up the phone and she says, "Hey, caller, can how can I take your question?" No, and then no. he says, "I am Paul Westwood, Timber." Yes, but but now it was it. If we go back to the tweet, she posted a tweet where she posted the number. Um, and it's one of those situations where you're expecting somebody to call. Yeah. Um, uh, with the intention of that person being on the show, right? If it's a random caller, you know, the guest knows that sometimes we, that the guest will know that this show takes calls from the public, which is fine, Right. But if it is somebody who is involved in the matter, then that's completely different. Especially when the number was, bro- was, was put out there, because she put it on Twitter, which I'm assuming yeah. was the intention for him to call in. Yeah. So, um, so, so, so it's, it's just about informing you. Now, the thing is, if she had told him before, listen, we're going to be speaking to Paul Westwood, and he had said to her, well, I also want the other shareholder, and this had been done... Um, before. before, then, and they'd agreed to it, then there'd have been, you know, none of this um, situation happening. But if it's, if, if it, the way that it went down makes it look like it was set up. Yeah, no, I think I, 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 I listened to the interview myself and she did lose control at some points, but I don't think it was terrible, to be fair. I think, no, I, um, I think I think Honorable Melissa was always going to be a difficult guest to have on, particularly if you are trying to get something out of him. Um, but she's done this before, um, and at some point we're just going to have to accept that's her interviewing style, and that's just what's going to happen when she has bigger, bigger these bigger characters. Um, she gets over. Uh, you see, I think I think, I think it's I think it's one of those um, situations where. Certain people are going are not going to are going to make it difficult for their own game. I mean, if you if you kick up a storm and you you know throw throw the toys out the cotton and all of that, um, you can make it look like you were put in a very hostile situation. I don't think it was a hostile situation. Temba simply had to say, I don't want to talk to this person or get this other person on the phone, which he But did, talking about, which, talking about Amber, because he, he, he had been constantly saying, I'm not going to answer any questions from AC, because she kept trying to ask questions from AC on Facebook. Yeah. And he just said, I'm, look, I'm not answering those questions. Yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's... I don't think she had to... I think she could have asked certain questions without saying where those questions were coming from, first and foremost, like especially with with regards to some of the questions that that AC was um, was asking. And AC said, well, I have a right to reply, which he does to some of the things, but that can be done on a different platform again. and I just but I, AC was just strategic marketing for his own show, for, which is now get this at ZFM, right. <laughs> which is owned by who? <laughs> Super. The plot and who had been it. accusing uh, the plot and this also stuff. can bring back into the leak audio that implicated James Bakamba, who was trying to get rid of who? Super. <laughs> 
Yeah, let's and actually, now miraculously AC Lumumba has a show at ZFM. Let's yeah, let's uh let's speak about that a little bit. So AC Lumumba started his show uh, yesterday. Um and they seemed to, there was a there was a media blackout in the politics and beyond group. Nobody actually listened to it. Um I don't know. I, people are so sp- <laughs> salty. Yeah. <laughs> people don't do that. It's okay to listen to AC's show. It's Look, I know some people, it's like watching the Kardashians, it's fine. It's like, you know what it's like? It's like watching a train crash or a car crash, right? Oh, you know wow. you know it's ugly, but you can't look away. Like, legitimately, there was a media blackout in the Politics and Beyond group, and nobody tweet, nobody spoke about it. We still don't know what was discussed. Um, Normalisa did try to, you know, to get us to listen to it, and nobody would bite. But, um... Yeah, so he has a show on 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 ZFM, and it's very interesting. Apparently, it's a sponsored show. I said so, sponsored by Super, but it seems to be a reward of some sort. Uh, that's what I'll call it, because the the leak did happen with the 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 James Makamba leak did happen, and he is the one who leaked it. Um, and then the constant attacks on on Temba, who's been attacking Super. Yeah, it's mm. it's 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 clear that AC has picked a side and the side that he's picked is Super's side. Uh, how that works out for both of them, we shall see, because, you know, AC can't be trusted. That's, you know, anyone who's ever dealt with him... AC, AC, AC... <laughs> ...will tell you that AC can't be trusted. So, yeah. I, I... AC I, will tell you he can't be trusted himself. I like that honesty. That's true. I mean, he'll... Mm-hmm. The we'll say and he'll also throw you under the bus. Yeah. He, he, so anyway, so it yeah, um, so should be interesting. That's 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 uh, that's what's happening in 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 Timbers world. We didn't really go into the actual, um, you know, corruption that's allegations that he's going. And I think maybe we'll have a full episode on corruption. We've promised a lot of episodes, but I think I think uh, the corruption, particularly this NASA issue, um, uh, this. Uh, deserves its own deep dive into it um yeah i mean we should, we should it's probably... quite convoluted it involves you know robin vela who's since been retired or fired um it involves it, look these guys you can't make this up you know it, it, it reads like a like a movie <laughs> it, it involves timber melissa's ex-wife who is the secretary the legal secretary at 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 NASA, uh, look, it's a lot. <laughs> so, Fumira as well, uh, was the minister at the time. Yeah, um, you know, so it involves everyone. Um, it's yeah, I think perhaps that that would need its own episode with a with a with a diagram um, <laughs> to, to highlight. <laughs> you know those police ones where they put the lines between <laughs> between a flow chart. between each, which will show you that Zimbabwe politics is basically just one big massive orgy of consumption wow. and 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 patronage. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's yeah. We we we're, we're in a we're in a messy situation, and it's it's going to take a lot more than a change of government to get rid of some of the issues that we're facing. And this is, you know, regardless of whether it's um, ZANPF or MDC, it's going to take a lot from 
from everyone there's going to be you know a sacrifice there needs to be a lot of sacrifice on both sides yeah they do um speaking about both sides we can use that as a segue to get into a wombology of the day um comments <laughs> uh, comments made by um Nelson Chamisa at the commemoration of the workers day um, held by uh, the Zimbabwe Congress of Trade Unions, um, where he was invited as guest of honor as the head of the legitimate MDC. <laughs> as the head of the MDC T1. There's only, there's only one. MDC T1, MDC T2. If you want to talk about others, you can talk to yourself. <laughs> no, I'm joking. I'm yeah, joking. yeah, no. Um, yeah, so... He said he came out with uh, some very some highly controversial comments um, that were xenophobic. He said, "You see, I, 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 I that came I'm, across. I don't know. We've never xenophobic. been. A, we've never been. We've never been a, 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 a podcast that plays clips. I was tempted to play the clip, but well, let's play go. It. Let's talk about. Um, it. I can play. It. Well, do you have it? Send it to me, and I can play um, it. Um, yeah, I'll send it to you now." I put it up on the group. Um, I just hadn't. I just didn't have it ready to. Yeah, I've got it here. Um, um I, I'll send it to you. Yeah, sure. So send it to my. I can't see it. Okay, there we go. Okay, it's come through. Um, and here we go. Let's see. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's, there's problematic state uh, called comments there. I mean, from, from the first line, um, you know, it's, uh, my pan-Africanist, uh, woke brothers and sisters would let you know that not only Warungu, there's not only Warungu anymore. Yep, but but I think also you know, Pachivanu Pavenikulaga, Chero Dangota Rapindam Rum Junda Murungusha Marimuse. In fact, you guys, Munumadoro, Kana Dangutinga beer, we don't need to Omurungu. Listen, I, I completely understand where you're coming from with that sentiment. However, I think my, the big issue with Chamisa is a lot of the things or a lot of the things he's trying to say, he's just simply saying them wrong. Um, and even with this Chinese comment, 
obviously people are going to say you know he's xenophobic and why would you say that to the chinese who are huge investors across africa right now you don't want to piss them off because you know these bullet trains that he's talking about who's building them in in kenya it's avasiva rungu you know it's the chinese who are doing so chinese. um you know so many infrastructure projects across the continent and across the world actually i mean if we if we talk about the um the china belt what do they call it um uh the china I belt, mean, the china belt and road initiative and this goes across, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's 900 billion dollars worth of investment one belt one road initiative that goes across asia africa eurasia and africa um so they really are actually it's exceeding 3 trillion dollars so they really are putting so much 3 trillion dollars not my better check please guys yes. 3 trillion dollars not my better checks you know and and this <laughs> um, is, this is this is something that you'd want to get involved with and i completely understand where he's say you know he's talking about asset stripping he's talking about bad deals um you know but for him to express it in that way is is wrong rather say and this is you know pulling out of a, a, a trump is we're going to renegotiate the bad deals which is fine which you can do so you can say that zanupf has negotiated bad deals and what we're going to do is renegotiate bad deals or, or renegotiate our position so that it's not asset stripping so that we're we're also benefiting from it but to come out and express it in that way is populist and it's reckless yeah no he's definitely a populist in in, in that way i think I think we had the benefit of playing and I suppose our listeners will have the have the benefit of having listened to that clip before um speaking about it how it's been reported is that uh, without the context of asset stripping without the context of 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 bad deals and I don't think that's necessarily unfair um on the reporters I think I mean the BBC should know better than picking up a story from the Herald to be fair but um <laughs> uh look it's it's just it is what it is and if he and if if he doesn't wisen up on how um mass media and mass communication works he's going to continue follow for falling in this um in this hole um you know i mean some of us uh, really are tired of constantly having to play clips for context because um any politician worth his salt um his weight in salt um in this day and age really needs to be a master manipulator of the media and that's the thing is chamisa is really good at manipulating crowds when they're there but he's he's quite poor at manipulating media and um like you use the trump um example and what trump did well was manipulating media because even when the media was against him they you know were ignoring what was happening on the ground and to harness that level of of energy you need to be very he disciplined in your message because for all his rambling trump is quite disciplined on his message every single speech he 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 does to this day is is like the greatest hits will build the wall will get rid of you know certain migrants will will so and that's just you know i suppose you're the one doing political communication you can tell me more about it um uh, you know as you as you as your masters but i really think that he just needs to get his greatest hits out there and just repeat them over and over again well, this going off script thing is just crazy you see the thing is with the difference is trump was you know deliberately controversial 
Whereas I don't think that's the approach that Chamisa is going with because he doesn't need to be. Um, Trump was Trump was targeting a certain sector of society. Um, you know, he was going all the way right. He was he wasn't interested in um, in 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 bridging the gap in between different sides. He had picked a side and he was focused on that side and his messaging was targeted around those individuals. Where I believe Chamisa is in a different position altogether. He's working against a government that is perceived that has been failing and is perceived to have been doing so. So he has that advantage. His communication should be inclusive and it should also be inclusive of the capital that he is trying to attract when he as he goes forward and it should be um communication that shows direction so one of the failings of zanu pf has been a lack of policy direction and a lack of um policy implementation when you give and there's nothing wrong with dreaming but when you give you know, pie-in-the-sky dreams and when you say things that then don't correspond with what it is you're trying to achieve, people will not take you seriously. Um, and next week he's going to be, you know, he's going to be in the UK, he's going to speak at Oxford, I think, and then he's going to speak at Chatham House as well. And I'm sure a lot of these questions are going to come up in, you know, regarding some of the comments that he's made Um especially when it comes to the timelines and implementation. And I hope he has better answers there than he does here. Because you don't want to... I mean, ZANPF has gone on a world tour to... Or Mnangagwa and SB and all these people have gone on a world tour to um, position their image as reformists, as people who are willing to bring capital in and make sure that capital is safe and that, you know, it is going to grow in, in this new Zimbabwe, quote-unquote. For Chamisa, yes, it's great to, you know, say that, you know, Warungu, for, I suppose he believes it's great to say Warungu uh, come in, which is no different from what, from Zimbabwe is open for business, as far as I'm concerned, but you also want people to feel secure and their capital secure. And if you're going to be reneging on deals that any previous government made or just, you know, throwing them out, then people are not going to feel secure about that. And that's bad messaging. That is going to um, make a lot of investors very nervous, I think. Yeah, definitely. Um, particularly with... <laughs> the nature of capital capital is is the only thing that really doesn't care about race or creed or color or country no. um so as many as 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 you might be thinking you're appealing to western backers those western backers are backed by chinese money most likely <laughs> so whatever you're doing <laughs> you're, you're missing out um ah, oh, and what, also what speaking are, reckless your father has come right <laughs> Your father, <laughs> your father must come, right? How can he say? How can he say? So, so I don't know. If we, I, I, I don't know if we spoke about the the marijuana issue. Um, you know, no. yes, we did. We did not today. No, last week. Didn't we speak about legalizing it? 
I don't know. Anyway, look. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so your father came out and said, um, <laughs> and said that a kilo of marijuana has a street value of a million dollars in New York and London. Where is he buying his weed? Because he clearly, <laughs> for him to say such a statement, he clearly was on it, right? He was clearly high. <laughs> <laughs> Now I want to know <laughs> one million dollars. What what way is he buying his weed for that much? Because I think I think we could find a jazz man back home who can give him a, a better rate than what he's getting right better, now. A better rate. <laughs> ah, that guy. That guy. <laughs> I mean, look. I don't know what happens when you get to 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 start traveling business class and 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 living in the staying in the Marriott when you're in New York. <laughs> But uh, personally, I mean, you know, <laughs> I'm in one of the most expensive cities in the world. I've never seen <laughs> marijuana for a million dollars per kilo. Um, oh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe yeah. he's smoking million dollar weed. That's why he was. But um, <laughs> that, that's why he. That's why he goes off on his d- gives me tangents. Tourism. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Talking about tangents, have you heard that um, that Nsongwa uh, comment that got all of you guys, um, uh, all of the media in Zimbabwe confused? People were quoting him saying um, uh, revengeist tendons. Um, Hansi, what? No, they, he, when he was uh, in, his, in, in his interview talking about um, his loss in Norton, mm-hmm. um, he is quoted as having said, um, I was defeated by revengeist um, cabals or something, uh, something similar to that. When he actually meant revanchist, or or or, or he was talking about revanchist, <laughs> and revanchism is a political manifestation of the will to reverse territory losses incurred by a country, a war, or a social movement. <laughs> wow, it's actually a, a, school, a school of political <laughs> thought on its own. So, it, <laughs> so I think. Uh, no, when it comes to big words, uh, there's a certain level of high grade um, that you need to be smoking, and you know, it's and it's a it's a uh, it's a certain level of epistocrat who likes to delve into. <laughs> <laughs> what a <laughs> segue! What a segue! <laughs> who likes to who likes to brandish such big words? Because I'm pretty sure yes. I'm pretty sure if Wasn't you. Those are the type of people that epistocrats would want to vote for. Those are the type of people who believe in epistocracy, I think. You know, when I was actually, like, I mean, you can go ahead and give a a quick definition. I'm actually posting up the link on on Twitter now um, of that article. But you can give a quick definition of what epistocracy is. Um, Yeah, so just let me pull it up. Essentially, what it is is it's ruled by citizens with political knowledge. So you want so whereas democracy is ruled by the majority, where you know the people vote and they, you know, rule with it, or they vote for the people they want to to govern them. Epistocracy believes that those who are knowledgeable um, in political matters should be the ones to make the decisions. Essentially, um, people are on knowledge-based voting. So the idea is that people have no idea what they're voting on or voting for. If you take the example of Brexit, um, where people were then Googling what is Brexit or what does Brexit mean post the election when, you know, everything had gone to had gone to shit. 
there was a, a belief that, well, people clearly don't know what they're doing, so only those who are knowledgeable on what Brexit was should have been allowed to vote. And that's essentially what it is. Um, yeah, so there's an article um, 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 which which um, is on The Guardian and is a is a... Is an excerpt from a book by um, this guy David David Ransiman. Ransiman, mm-hmm. I don't know, and it does speak about you know I suppose about why it's bad, about why epistocracy wouldn't work. Um, for me, the things that I really took out of it um, was when you when when you say epistocracy, it seems quite evident. It, it almost seems obvious. Like there's a way to say it without really thinking of its consequences. Which, oh no, don't you think everyone who votes or everyone who controls the electoral system should be well informed? Of course, most people will say yes to that. Um, and but without really thinking about what that actually means, like <laughs> or or what that means and. The first thing is that it's different from a technocracy where technocrats rule because technocrats are already playing a part in the democracy right now. So they're they're not necessarily a, a, a new system. They'll just be a part of the... Well, uh, the, 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 the idea was that, you know, technocrats are generally implementers of policy but not designers of it, if that makes sense. Um, so they they know how systems should run um and that's what they're in there to do to run systems but not necessarily to come up with the best system for people to or or the best way for people to live yeah so so i mean look you can correct me if i'm just trying to um i mean what's what's your position so we we all agree that it is being informed or making informed decisions is a better um, way, I think. I don't think pe- I, I generally don't think that people should make decisions without understanding the implications of some of their decisions. And I think, um, unfortunately, however, that is almost uh, impossible in a lot of instances because a lot of the time people vote on emotion as well. Yeah, and I'm moved by emotion. I think for me I'm, I'm I I I don't I think the the argument for epistocracy is, is is in sort of resisting I'm restricting how many people can vote or who exercises political power in a democracy based on some basic knowledge test I suppose. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's necessarily a good thing. Um, and in fact, why I don't think that's not necessarily a good thing is something that he didn't really mention, is that in most mature democracies anyway, political power is wielded by a select few anyway, as it is. Um, any any of the choices that happen, any of the ideas that are put forward are really quite narrow, particularly economically are quite narrow within a narrow band of of what's accepted, and most of these populist thinkers, or whether they're on the left or on the right, you know, somehow subscribe to the neoliberal like you know ideologies, um, and and you can't really, especially in places like Australia or England or or you know to a lesser extent America, you can't really put 
a, 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 a piece of paper between the economic ideologies at the very core of them. So it seems a bit redundant to then want to argue about it because as I see it, it's already in a situation where, you know, the masses are really controlled by the organized few. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think um, it's it, it it it's this conversation is coming up based on this rise in populism Trump. and Trump and Brexit and this you know rise in nationalism that's happening, and it is the left that feels that you know um, they they are hard done by. But I think this these are anomalies, and the system itself will self correct at some point. Um, where people will, will, people generally are either right or left of the center. You know, they don't fluctuate to the far or to the far right or far left, hardly ever when they do the system itself. Uh, the system corrects itself. The problem with, you know, epistocracy is how do you measure? How do you measure what political knowledge people has? What sort of test do you give? Another system said that they should be a tier, you know, um, where... The highly educated doctors, lawyers, and the such have their votes are worth six, and then you go down five, four, and then the lowest individual with no education, his vote is only worth one. But again, you know, how do you separate the different bands? How do you decide which profession is more knowledgeable about different situations? It's a very elitist way of thinking. But and, it's, it's, and it's, I mean, I went to read then the the beginning yeah it's 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 it can be a compelling argument i suppose maybe because in terms of education have doing a masters it automatically puts you in that in that sector where you would expect to have more votes but do you think that it's fair that we should be or people anyone should be at the mercy of of the decisions made by someone who's uneducated or who is ignorant of certain things so how come in in an election in a democracy where we're being put at the mercy of 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 incompetent or unreasonable people that's the argument for epistocracy yeah is that most a lot of people are stupid a lot of people are dumb a lot of people are ignorant of politics yes why should the smart people in the in the smart people be at the mercy of those dumb people if you went to a doctor, you wouldn't go to a doctor that doesn't know what he's doing. That is it would be, in fact, it, to be immoral for you to get into a combi and be driven. I suppose, never mind, combi is a bad example because some combi drivers <laughs> don't have licenses. Look, but <laughs> do, do you know who speaks this way? Uh, do you know who speaks this way? Which Zimbabwean politician speaks this way? Who? Nkosanamwe. Yeah. Yeah. You're essentially making his argument that, you know, you should be qualified for the job. Um, but yeah. you know what's funny? Yeah, like that's that's um, the Ngosana is one way who speaks that way. But if you actually look at the, uh, no, never mind. I was gonna, I'm trying so, to so, so, at the uh, so, at the the, the 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 idea of a national transitional authority. Um, after the, that that Ibo Mandaza post uh, um and Tendai idea of an nta yeah um it essentially advocated for the philosopher philosopher rulers again um, now this is this is where you know the 
what makes those people know best for certain people is the question because it it you know it it comes down to um so for example the colonial argument right was that we are modernizing and we are bringing you know we are bringing you out of the dark ages right but why is what you are doing best for me how do you know that what you are doing is best for me so it goes both ways don't you want someone to represent you who understands where you are from and what your needs are why are you assuming that because you went to x school and you got x agree x degrees that you know that i should live my life in this way or this is the best way to live my life it's a it's it's a compelling argument but i think there's a a, a, a counter argument that is also uh, you know quite interesting and quite compelling especially within the context so now when we're bringing it to the context of african countries and where we've come from and having all these systems imposed on african people um that then go on to um marginalize and oppress them is an epistocracy especially one where you have you know this huge gap between the haves and the haves nots and the you know the the elites within a society or within a country like Zimbabwe is it the best way to go who overall who benefits from it yeah it's not i mean look it then comes down guys it's no longer about the knowledge it's now about the actual power part of it that's what he says in the article yeah. is that it's in the exercise of power that it then have has its risks yeah um that as flawed as as democracies are, you see, I chop English words too. Um, <laughs> are <laughs> they are best at avoiding the worst? They might not be able to pick out the best all the time, but they're the best at avoiding the worst. Whereas if we've seen, um, because the arguments against um, a, 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 an elite class ruling are the same as you could use against, at least in my opinion, to on a on a larger scale is using against like an authoritative dictator or whatever, mm-hmm. are the same. That once they a, a benevolent dictator is is good until they start making the wrong decisions, mm-hmm. and once they make the wrong decisions, everyone suffers. Mm-hmm. And whereas a democracy might not be able to make the right decisions all the time, they avoid the 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 pitfalls of when a, a ruler, an absolute ruler, is making the worst decisions, and that's the same same thing here. Is that, you know, if 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 a, a, a ruling elite is making the right decisions, that's great. But when they start making the wrong decisions, there's no one to tell them that they're making the wrong decisions. Yep. Essentially, yes. No, and um, so I mean, look, it's an interesting thing because a lot of the conversations going on in Zim now, particularly with like, if you try to bring it to the context of all these independence and all these things, and then, you know, even talking about China and there's definitely an undercurrent of people who are looking maybe for an alternative governance system. Like, you know, that's why things like GNUs and those kind of conversations keep coming up is that at, at some point, people sort of acknowledge that maybe the system we have isn't the best system for us. Yeah. Or, or there's something that needs to be done mm. about the system to make it more efficient. And, you know, I, I guess this is an alternative, but I mean, no. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, like I said, I think we spoke about this last week when we were speaking about Professor's article, is that these are some of the things that really do need to be, you know, it, it needs um, 
not pedestrian thinkers like us, but it needs actual individuals to sit down and contemplate these these um, these positions and these thoughts. We've been a democracy for a democracy, quote unquote, for thirty eight years now. And what have we achieved in those thirty eight years? Is there a better system for us? How do we negotiate this better system? Um, it it's worth a thought to to it's worth it to put these ideas out there and have um, you know vibrant discussions about them because we do want the best for the country and it's it's determining what that best is not not all countries are democracies are the, you know uh china's thrived without being one over the past Sing- singapore, you know, singapore sort of also, yeah singapore sort of as well so rwanda on paper yes but in practice you know we can question that um so it it's it worth it's it is worth it to I think to relook some of these things and again when you look at what even modern democracies are doing the UK you know they had two elections in the space they had the referendum and then they had the election and both of them didn't go the way that you know anyone people everyone expected anyone expected or intended and detrimentally so so it's it's worth it to look at it and say, well, what's the best system for us, especially as we go towards this fourth industrial revolution, as we as we try to find space for ourselves in the in the world, um, and how we are going. We to really do need you to think think about it. You know, you know, we'll talk about it um, a lot later, but you should look at the the um, the Australian system where it's. Uh, Compulsory voting and is preferential and preferences. So it's not a majority. It's not a absolute majoritarian system. It's and it's also compulsory voting. So you have to preference your votes. That's, that's <laughs> so look, uh, we can talk about it in, yeah. in detail. Let me just. But, so basically, when you guys go to vote, instead of putting an X on Chamisa's name um, or an X on on Emerson's name, you put a number one on Emerson, then a number two on Chamisa, then a number three, and everyone puts their preferences. So whoever has the most ones then becomes the leader. But it, how it works then is that if if me and you have similar ones but i have more twos then i become the leader or if 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 um we we don't win outright but the twos win out have more twos then they become the the member of parliament so it's a preferential system so if more people prefer you as second you actually might win the election as opposed to two candidates who split that one votes it's very interesting yeah, that sounds like a very interesting system. Even the 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 issue of compulsory voting um, is interesting, which is also controversial um, in itself. Yeah, it is. It is. It's, but I mean, look, there's there's plenty of time to discuss that. Maybe, yeah, look, if you guys are... <laughs> enjoy these um, little segments, you can let us know. Um, and if you have anything to to say on or to add on them, um, you should also let us know. We're also just learning and. Uh, yeah, you know, giving giving our pedestrian. We should call this segment the pedestrian <laughs> view segment. <laughs> we should actually. Um, next time we'll get um, philosopher uh, Tatenda Mashanda on the on the program um, to to unpack some of these things. Uh, he's 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 one who enjoys. There's also group. another one who, who, who yeah he's very he's very good. We should we should great addition to the group. Great, yeah. We should get uh, we should have a a, a, a mini debaters since. What do you call it? A start. We'll get some of our our narrowists and our 
can't say that. <laughs> I, was, I can't say Scarface. Uh, a Scarface. No, I was going with that one. Uh, yeah, we'll get our terrorists and our Scarface on the program and see if, you know. You're going to go and say something else. <laughs> I really was. I was going to be very upset um, if I had to say it. Anyway, uh, thanks very much. Uh, this has been another great episode, quite a long one as well. Um, yeah. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Politics and Beyond, Polly and Beyond ZW, uh, respectively. Uh, share your thoughts, share the episode. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. All right. See you guys. Um, bye. And now. And now. Capital 263.